You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, release date the 9th of May 2021. All personnel stand by for satellite response efficiency test. Doctor, activate receptor coils. Activating receptor coils. Response efficiency test in three, two, one, mark. Welcome, one and all. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and here's what's coming up. That's right, in a moment we chat about who knows what. The Unzal, the Unzal. <gasps> then our latest review of our latest reviews features Doctor Who, The Grey Man of the Mountain, starring Sylvester McCoy with John Coleshaw as the Brigadier. It's still following us. There's a shadow in the mist. Don't look back. Ah! Two more have gone missing. Then it's time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. And uh, the subject of this one is possible villains for Who Range. Oh, right. Following that, we go behind the scenes with the ninth Doctor, Ravagers, naturally starring Christopher Eccleston. My name is Christopher Eccleston, and I am playing the Doctor. Once again, we'll be making our weekly stop-off at the Randomoid Selectatron, where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Stay back! <laughs> <laughs> And to finish off, we tease you with the first 15 minutes of the third Doctor Adventures, The Unzal Incursion, with the Doctor, Liz Shaw, and the Brigadier battling sneaky aliens and fearsome robots. Drop your weapon. Love a fearsome robot. And a Lovely. sneaky alien, a snailian. Yeah. What are we going to chat about this week? I have no idea. Well, we could talk a bit about the Unzal incursion, I suppose, really. In fact, this feels like this whole uh, podcast seems to be oh, seem to be very involved with things, actually, because we're later on the Grey Man of the Mountain as well, reviews coming yeah. up for that one, which is another one I worked on. It's the ben- we so, should have just called this podcast the Benji podcast. Yeah, I, th- I think it should, yeah. But um, we had and lovely fun I love the way you on. say Unzal and I say Unzal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Un- but, uh, Maybe well, I'm French. In a, in, well, in, it's the same as the cast. I think half of them say Unzal and the other half say Unzal. The Unzal, the Unzal. And and sometimes they vary it a bit. But I always say to them that there's a grand tradition in Doctor Who of people mispronouncing things or pronouncing them differently. So I quite like it, actually. Like like um, the Sontaran experiment. You know what I'm going to say? Go on then, t- say it. Vural. Varel and Farrell. Farrell is my favourite yeah, one. Farrell. 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 I, 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 when I immediately think of it, I think of Farrell. But it's you know that's a weird. That's just a weird story anyway, because everybody's sort of got dodgy South African accents, haven't they? In there, but um, <laughs> but it's I, you know it's like Cyberman, Cybermoon. Uh, my favourite one ever was um, dear Jacqueline uh, Pierce. I have a recording of it somewhere where she she says because she you know she was absolutely full like uh, full. Oh, what was her character called? Alistra. Yes. She was full Alistra mode there, and she really wanted to say it. You know, and she said something along the lines of, "We must stop the Daleks." <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh no! <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, darling. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but it was the, it was the, it was the absolute honest conviction in in the way yeah, in which the yeah. convincing nature of she said it that I, yeah, it's funny. But uh, that the, is the, how you say it, isn't it? It's, 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 it's all in the way you say it. The Daleks. Is it Daleks? I've always Arthur said Daleks. Daleks. Um, <laughs> Day of the Daleks. But the Unzal Unzal incursion uh, is a really fun classic Third Doctor story um, in every way. I think it's a real sort of so much going on. John Pertwee, if he was if he was making it, I think would have actually enjoyed it. He would have enjoyed the story because there's a lot of whizzing around. There is, I suppose. Yeah, cars and planes and planes. He has a Hercules uh, transport, and then a, a classic sort of you know lots of. Uh, stuff going on inside a base in a control room just revealing it to everybody now but it's it's so, got everything i think you would want in a third doctor sort of there's aliens and people people who are you know up to the thick of it with dodginess <laughs> and soirees and the brigadier and 
Soirees? There's a soiree at Unit HQ. Oh, there, I suppose there see, is. There yes, is a, so, see, there's uh, a soiree. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right, with um, a bit of tinkly, tinkly music in the background. Yeah, you yeah. see, it's, it's all there. But it's it's cool. It's it's As I've said, I've pretty, I must have said this about 400 million times on this podcast previously. But it was just a joy to be able to work with you as well on this one, Nick, And because uh, we don't work too often together um, in a non-podcast capacity. But it was great fun to... to Get get really into the nitty gritty of uh, sort of old Doctor Who. Oh yeah, well I hope we can do it again at some point. That's pretty good considering we didn't know what we were going to chat about and we just chatted about. We're that. we're good chatterers. You know, we'll we, do we it are. next week. We'll chat about the unanzal inclusion again next week. Yeah, as well. Every week from now on, forever the same chat. Well, now it is time, of course, for our latest reviews. As promised this week, it's the Seventh Doctor adventure, The Grey Man of the Mountain, from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Grey Man of the Mountain. So, what are you doing in this exciting part of the world? Ben McDewey. The mountain? Rumoured to be haunted. Five people have come down that mountain in the past month. Panicked and delusional. It's still following us. There's a shadow in the mist. Don't look back. Two more have gone missing. Mountain rescue can't find them. Whatever's on that mountain can kill. We can't see through the mist. So we imagine what's out there. What's watching us. What's waiting for us to make the wrong step. If something happens out there, there's no one to help you. You know what we heard? You haven't seen it yet. You can still get away. Where is it? I can't see anything. Help! Whatever you do, don't look at their faces. You made your choice. Get back, Brigadier. Whatever you do, don't look at his face. Big finish. We love stories. Lovely Christmassy tale, this one. Lots of... uh, Perfect time now, now that the sun's out. Perfect time to listen to a bit of freezing cold uh, ice. And if you want to listen to it, just go to bigfinish.com and type Grey Man into the search pane at the top to find this beauty. So first up, we have the digitalfix.com, Baz Greenland, who says uh, Grey Man or the Mountain is a lovely Doctor Who adventure to end the year on. Doesn't mean you have to wait, though. No, don't wait. Yeah, IndieMatUser.co.uk UK, uh, Michael Golanievsky uh, says, uh, Grey Man of the Mountain is an exceptionally crafted story that's less of a holiday story, more of a tensely quiet tale that's less action-packed and more mindfully atmospheric in a way that surprises you but keeps you calmly invested. It's not quite the usual Doctor Who fare for the holidays, especially when compared to some of the more over-the-top antics of other Christmas-themed audios or even the TV specials. But really... That's what's so brilliant about it, and it works wonderfully despite some minor flaws in plot and character. Dear me, Michael, we've laid down. With a fantastic setting and great performances from McCoy, Aldred, and especially Coleshaw, who is so pitch perfect as the Brigadier that it really feels like Nicholas Courtney is still with us even years after his death. It's a wonderful Doctor Who audio to get warm and comfy with by the fire on a brisk winter night that engages you just enough to keep you awake but provides enough soothing relief to relax and satisfy after some of the more chaotic adventures of the year. Nine out of ten. Well, Michael, Good what review. a great review. I give that review ten out of ten. I'm slightly more generous than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, winter is coming.net, James Agus or Argus or Agus. I can Not never again. Say. <laughs> oh, I, get, I never know. I'm so sorry. I, I'm not, I just don't remember things. But um, we love you, James, and we love reading your reviews. Um, this uh, story is definitely slower paced than this month's other release, but that doesn't stop the grey man of the mountain from being equally strong on its own terms rich in atmosphere and strong in character focus oh. the grey man of the mountain is a great example of a slow burning doctor who story and a perfect fit for the cold winter nights oh, or months it says here months months, months but, but nights sounds nicer i thought you said monks for the cold winter cold monks. winter monks, monks. amen <laughs> Hello, I'm a cold winter monk. Uh, Not meant to talk. Back to 
Matthew, Matthew, Matthew Kestrel can't actually speak today. The grey man of the mountain will go down as the final solo seventh doctor outing from Big Finish's founding monthly range. In doing so, it's the last hurrah for this doctor in the range. A throwback to times gone by by combined with two bye bye said bye twice time's gone bye bye turning into matthew corbett um, <laughs> he's gone back bye bye now uh, bye bye everybody i i remember it as um harry the other, corbett, harry corbett. Yeah. bye bye everybody does bye anyone everybody. know what bye i'm talking bye. about i barely know sorry about this anyway at times gone bye bye <laughs> combined with two decades of advances in production and performance. It's also an atmospheric tale to hear as the nights get longer and colder. A ghost story of sorts for midwinter. And I wouldn't have it any other way, says Matthew Kestrel. Well done, Matthew. Well, James Hawkins won. Uh, on Twitter. Not to be confused with Jim Hawkins. uh, Ah. uh, on the Hispaniola as we speak. Um, the grey man on the mountain. I was on the, the Hispaniola. <laughs> I knew that was going. When I was awoken rather rudely by a monk. And um, then I moved off into the distance and faded out. <laughs> That's just amusing me and Benji. Sorry Great about joke. the crackle. Great joke. It wins every time. Um, Elizabeth Miles and Big Finish. Uh, precisely what you want from a Doctor Who story. One of my favourite releases of 2020 across every range from Big Finish. It's a big old statement there. Yeah, nice. And also on the Twitter sphere at Selimpensfuckton. F-C-T-N, sorry. Function. Function. Functional. Uh, you'd best curl up with a blanket. <laughs> Say blanket like that. It's like an AI, isn't it? Doctor a who. blanket. Doctor Who. Doctor uh, Who. Doctor Who. <laughs> Tardis. When you listen to Ellen Miles, the grey man of the mountain from Big Finish. Uh, the wind does blow cold, after all, on Ben McDewey. Ben McDewey. Ben McDewey, well, thank Sylvester you. McDewey. Yes, and Ben McDewey. Ah, nice. He loves saying that. I, you, you know, get Sylvan in his element, just write, write him in a Scottish story, and he's oh. happy as happy as Larry. McDewey. Uh, uh, Jimmy. McDewey. Uh, really enjoyed the character moments here, and John Coleshaw was never better as the Brigadier. <laughs> the Brigadier. <laughs> he's Any gone f- bye-byes. Any from TDTV, uh, that sounds like the people, you know the people when... TDTV. Answering questions. Hey there, Eddie from TDTV. Uh, can you tell us, please, in your own words? Um, no, I'm going to say it in somebody else's. Uh, spooky Scottish goings on from LM Miles on uh, yes. Twitter, Elizabeth Miles, and Big Finish at Big Finish in the Grey Man of the Mountain. Oh. Another absolute tour de force and highly recommended Christmas set story with Sylv, nice. Sophie Aldred, and John Coleshaw being amazing as the Brigadier. What, they all played the Brigadier at the same time? Oh, amazing. amazing. Sylvester wow. McCoy, Sophie Aldred, and John Coleshaw played the Brigadier. <laughs> Oh, we're just joking, you see. Yeah, uh, at mob, unique. at mob Bob. No, I I've got word blindness today. At Matt Bob Ross. Okay, that's his name. Uh, the Grey Man of the Mountain is superb, dramatic and atmospheric, fun and spooky, clever and engrossing. Oh, it's a very good review. This isn't it? McCoy and Aldred on their usual top form with Coleshaw excelling in his new role, and the well-formed supporting cast shining, especially Lucy Goldie as Kirsty. Did you think she was good? She, she was brilliant. She was, she was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, really, really good. Lucy Goldie. I don't. Uh, she's been in quite please. a few. She's been in another big finish thing I've worked on recently. I think actually. Has she? I believe so. Yes. I've I just discovered something as well. When I'm drinking and I have a, a Zoom background on as we speak, mm. Nick. If I tilt my oh, glass. Oh, she like is this, brilliant, isn't she, Lucy? Yes. Sorry, come. If I t- oh. tilt my glass like that. It goes, it, <gasps> my, my orange squash turns black. Who knew? No, Lucy Goldie is fantastic. Um, you know, really lovely, energetic voice. It's great in this course, you know, to get somebody who's Scottish as well and have that sort of yeah, real, realistic sure factor. I... She's in the Gulf. She is in the Gulf. Yeah, she's brilliant. I knew, I knew the name rang a bell. This, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to an old person remembering something. <laughs> <laughs> Find out next week where Nicholas Briggs put his keys. In his pocket. Uh, That's it for this week, anyway. And there's somewhere. Where did I put them? Uh, Next time, it's Time Lord Victorious, mutually assured destruction, starring Paul McGann and the Daleks, or the Daleks, as it says here. I like the Daleks.
found the keys. Oh, thank God for that. You need to get one of those whistles, you know. That's like from oh. um, from Living Daylights, isn't it? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> then the great score by John Barry kicks him. Da, 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 da. Living Daylights. <laughs> Coming up very soon. Dun, dun. Sorry, sorry to interrupt your rendition. No, that's fine. Have uh, you got any more? No, that's, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded quite moody there. That's enough. That's no, you interrupted me. You spoiled the moment. No, it's, it's not worth it anymore. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> Coming up very soon, we go behind the scenes with the Ninth Doctor Adventures, Ravagers, starring Christopher Eccleston, of course. In the meantime, it's listeners' emails. <laughs> That's right, I love emails, and the thing about emails is, unlike your keys, you know, it's very rare to lose them, isn't it? You can't, yeah, I mean, you can't lose an email. Oh, you can? You can, actually. No, you, that's, that's, I, oh. I'm, I'm speaking lines, you really can lose emails, oh, can't goodness. you? Oh, um, But thankfully, these, that's the main thing, these are the emails that we didn't lose. Um, <laughs> and if you <laughs> yes. want to email us, it's uh, very simple, you just send them to podcastofbigfinish.com. Uh, first up then, this one here is from Greg Gick, and uh, the subject of this one is Possible Villains for Who Range. Oh, right. Sirs, have you ever considered bringing back the villains from the story Invasion of the Dinosaurs back? Have you considered that? They're not dead after all, just lost in the past somewhere. Wow. They already know the future and hate it. So what are they doing now? Yeah. How are they trying to change history, if they are at all? Yeah, there's a story there that needs telling. Thank you, Greg Gick. So who was it? It was it was that MP, wasn't it? And uh, Peter Miles, and um, who else? The dinosaurs. <laughs> no, they're not the villains. <laughs> no, they're not. They're there, just a consequence of the villains' actions. You see. Okay, well, Greg, that uh, I'll have a think about that. I thought they kind of just got lost, didn't they? And and they wouldn't have any kind of time technology where they were. Anyway. Am I overthinking this? Uh, next up. Are. Okay. Uh, Mark Bennett says, uh, his, the subject is podcast, which is lucky because this is a podcast. Hi, Nick and Benji. Hope you are well. Yeah, I think we are. Are you well? Benji? Sorry, so am I well? Yes. So sorry, yes. I, was, I was actually reading this email in advance. I saw Carrie Blyton's name and then just got sucked into reading <laughs> it. Um, yes, I'm very well. I, I, I hope so. I feel well. Anyway, that's the main thing. If you feel good in yourself, what more do you want? I don't know. Uh, long time listener, second time emailer. Last time I wrote in, I inflicted a nitpicky continuity question on you. Oh. But this time I have just a simple request. With so many people, even the diehard CD buyers like myself, using the listening app on a regular basis, would you consider adding to each release's production details tab the name of the composer and the sound designer? Often the same person, of course. The writer, producer and director credits are quite rightly always included and checking those details at a glance is very helpful. However, I'm sure you'd both agree, in fact, I've heard you say so, say so, that my, say so, I'm, it's the podcast for me saying things twice, isn't it? Bye bye, say so, say so, uh, that much of the character of each story is created by the music in particular and often within five minutes of starting to listen, I want to know or remind myself who the assigned composer is and if they're a new contributor or an old friend or to prove right or wrong a guess as to who I think it is. If the CD isn't close to hand, I'm disinclined to start going to the website. Okay. But at the same time, I'm disinclined, I'm sorry. But at the same time, it's a little distracting to be left wondering. Oh, I understand what you mean. When total immersion in the story would be helped considerably by being able just to check on the very device being used to listen to it. Also, buck up, big finish. <laughs> also, I think that they deserve their credit to be given the same weight, presence and recognition as the other equally important contributors already listed. Now, I totally agree with you. I do, Mark. I really do. Uh, and I have to confess that I feel a little bit like... Um, who was that Prime Minister when the Profumo affair happened back in the 60s? Harold Macmillan. It's when Macmillan, he was asked about yeah. this, nobody told me. <laughs> and looked fatally wounded and that was the end of his... Uh, you know, term as prime minister, really, um, uh, and unfortunately, I, I didn't. It, 
I don't use the app regularly because, funnily enough, I can get, just get access to stuff whenever I like. And yeah, I don't use the app. But I used to, but it's. And I didn't know. I had assumed that all the credits were on there. So I did inquire about this and was told, well, yeah, when we started it, I think they were trying to save space or whatever. And so I have put in motion something that hopefully will result in the musician's credit. I think all the credits that are on the website should be on the app. And I'm quite flabbergasted that someone thought that that shouldn't be the case. But anyway, um, fingers Such crossed. As, yeah. There's there's always a long list of development stuff that has to be done, and some of it's quite urgent and mission critical. And even though I think this is important, it's not mission critical. So hopefully that will happen eventually, Mark. So sorry for the delay there, and I just agree with you. Actually, continues Mark, on the subject of music, one further question does occur to me. If the website can be trusted, it's quite a while since the excellent Fool Circle last contributed to uh, a score to any Who stories. I love their authentically early 1980s sound. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's like a wonderful fusion of Howl, Kingsland and Lim all in one score. And when combined with season 18 or 19 in particular, really adds something extra special to the atmosphere. Are there any plans for them to contribute to some forthcoming releases or has that particular partnership come to an end? I know that you, especially Nick, are not very enamoured of that era and its <laughs> musical style. You gave the wonderful season 18 a right old merciless kicking not so long ago on your other podcast, I think. I don't think it was a merciless kicking. Uh, so maybe you just got rid of the composers who were least your cup of tea because, well, you because you could. But quite a number of BF listeners really do love that era and it's mood in which the right type of music plays a huge part just as much as you adore Carrie Blight and Dudley Simpson and Bilal and like for it to be as faithfully recreated as possible so please consider having full circles music once again start to grace our ears 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 bye bye ears from time to time to time to time to time to time nothing brings the universe of cves block transfer computation and entropy quite so vividly back to life as that unmistakably 80s radiophonic sound best wishes mark well absolutely mark no of course i wouldn't uh, listen all, all we Doctor Who fans have lots of different tastes, don't we, Benji? And yep. one, of, one of my jobs is to uh, account for that. And even if I'm not particularly fond of something, I don't say, well, we're not doing that again. I absolutely all the time. But I happen to love the precision with which uh, uh, Kelly and Full Circle did the fantastic music. Uh, they also did some great music for um, Cyberman Series 2 which was uh, a sort of cross between what I'd done for this first series and like Terminator, you know, <laughs> and it was great, but all great electronic stuff as well. So I do love their music. I love accuracy to a particular era. Um, they, they haven't been doing anything for us for quite a while, and that is due to personal circumstances and nothing to do with us trying not to... Um, uh, commissioned them so it's something obviously you know i can't discuss here because it's a personal matter but you know i would love them to come and do more absolutely love it and uh, you know just in case they don't know but i'm sure they do here's an open invitation get in touch anytime you like if you fancy doing some more i'm sure we can sort something out for you yeah great stuff well said nick well said and obviously on that note as well uh Nick, let's have some Kef McCulloch star music and something, please. Well, I'm uh, sure you can provide that. Can't I'd, you? I'd love to do. It. I really want to do it. I really want the challenge of of actually getting to do it and having everybody complain and say it sounds awful. Well, you could saying, have done it in the Grey Man, couldn't like. you? Didn't you do it a bit in that? The Grey Man on the Mountain. There was there was one bit in it which is a little bit like it, but it didn't really. It it didn't call for it in the like in the right. same. It was too atmospheric. Like it felt wrong. Yeah, you see. Whereas, you could have done this. That's what Cat I want, but like I did do it in one of the stories. I did it in I think Muse of Fire. I added in the dang, you know those orchestral stings. But that's I want to do. That's one thing I want to do. I want to do a chase with it. I want to have it with the kick drum. You know, and he's got all that. <laughs> yeah, yes. Brass. Let's do it. Let's let's do a sequel to to Remembrance of the Daleks. Lots of that in there. That's all we need, Nick. I think we've done about five sequels to Remembrance. We'll do another of the one. Daleks. We'll do another one. <laughs> sequel that just just for Kef McCulloch. I've even I've got a Kef McCulloch tie somewhere. Um, it's like a musical notes tie. Whenever I see it, I think that's Kef, um, the spirit of Kef. Lovely man. Music. Lovely man. Lovely guy. Cool, cool cat. Um, we've got one more email here. This one here from Jack Snelling. Uh, subject to this one is crime. 
game. Um, oh, I hope <gasps> he's it's broken in. <laughs> he's bro- good lord. Um, hi, Nick and Benji. I hope you're both doing well. Yes, well, as far as I am aware, I, I'm here. Um, firstly, I'd like to sing my praises for transference. Um, it is probably my favourite Big Finish audio ever. Oh, yeah which is saying something when I've bought hundreds of your audios. The writers understand the genre so well, and Alex Kingston was a perfect casting choice. It does have me wondering if you would ever do more crime series in the future, though. Something I'd love is an audio series of Unforgotten, which starred Nicola Walker. But the genre is so expansive and full of potential that I would really love to see more. Using your extensive selection of incredible writers, uh, I hope my musings and hopes aren't too optimistic. Stay safe, Jack. Jack, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And and hopefully we can do something more in the future. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Transference is uh, one of the Big Finish originals starring Alex Kingston. And I reckon it's worth reminding you with a trailer. Keith Patterson. He's a random liar. He doesn't even try to hide it. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. A Big Finish original drama. Transference. He's a fantasist? Yeah, maybe... I can't work him out. She says I'm a psycho. I'm not sure he's even using his real name. One minute he's married, then he's divorced, then he's never been married. His kids have had loads of different names and ages. Like they're just a story. Is any of it true? Yes, some bits. Just don't trust anyone. Be careful. Okay, you're making me really uncomfortable now. Good. You should be. Big Finish. We love stories. What if I killed someone? There you go. If you've never heard that, it's really worth it. I think there might even be a free episode as well to see if you can get into it. It's great stuff. Really, a Warren Brown's in it as well. It's great cast. Fantastic. So, um, funnily enough, there are going to be some more emails next time. Just a reminder that we'll be giving you a 15-minute tease of Doctor Who, the third Doctor Adventures, the Unzal incursion. At the end of the podcast, the Doctor, Liz Shaw and the Brigadier find themselves in the middle of some kind of unit mutiny. (gasps) Um, um, Mutiny. Mm, the mutiny. Um, in the meantime, let's go behind Doctor the Who. scenes on possibly Big Finish's most momentous, hotly anticipated releases in years. That's right. It's the Ninth Doctor Adventures. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, Chris Eccleston here. Hello, Nick Briggs here. Hello, Nick. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of the Ninth Doctor Adventures. I'm back. I'm really back in the TARDIS. You did it, old girl. This has been on our radar for a long time, a long, long time. Um, we'd hoped we might be able to lure Chris to Big Finish months ago. I mean, possibly years ago, I think. And there's been lots of discussions, lots of approaches. And it's taken some time for us to reach the point where um, it all came together, where Chris was available, ready to go. And we got underway on planning this brand new era for the Ninth Doctor. They've been working their way across eternity, leaving a trail of destruction and emptiness wherever they go. Why are you sending me towards them? There were lots of different ways we could have gone with it. Um, I mean, I guess an obvious way to have gone would have been to have told new stories with the Doctor, the Ninth Doctor and Rose, or the Ninth Doctor, Rose and Captain Jack. We've actually explored an earlier time for the Ninth Doctor because, of course, when we first saw him on TV, it was pretty much, in retrospect, I guess, his final days. It was his, the final few days of his um, incarnation where he met Rose and she helped him find part of his own humanity. She grounded him in a way. We decided to go to the early days of the Ninth Doctor. There's this whole unexplored territory, everything that happened before he met Rose. Um, Loads of stories to tell, so much potential, and that's where we start with Ravagers, 
and that's where we'll carry on going as we work through the box sets. Hello, I'm Nicholas Briggs, and I am the writer and director of the Ninth Doctor Adventures, Ravagers. If you seriously think you know how to deal with just about 80 Roman legionaries displaced in time and space who probably think they're fighting spirits and monsters, then feel free to issue me with some orders. If not, maybe leave it to me. Well, I had several ideas about how to start the Ninth Doctor era with Big Finish. Um, So, kind of, I took a deep breath and one Sunday afternoon I wrote 22 pages. And it was mainly the Roman situation, but it was all the other stuff in, uh, you know, the Doctor with uh, Nova in the sphere of freedom. So this is me heading off. Yeah, standing by. Yeah, okay, in your own time. Thank you. Whatever you like, Captain. I wanted it to start with a bang. I wanted it to start with the Doctor being triumphant, about to solve something, so we see him at his absolute best immediately. So, okay, how do you want to address that, Nick? Yeah, I'm just... This is the sound of my brain working. Um, So, yeah, she says, what is that? If I can find a way, I'll find a way. Oh, I see what you mean, Nick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, If I can find a way... I'll find a way to bring back the sweetness to your lives. My name is Christopher Eccleston and I am playing the Doctor. Right! Now I get it! Are you talking to me? No, but don't worry about it. My lips are sealed. Due to Nicholas's writing, I was surprised. I think we started on Tuesday and I was surprised at how very quickly I, I, I seem to recall the choices I made 15 years ago and, and did them. It was odd. Odd experience, really. He was was still hanging around. He takes the universe very seriously. It weighs heavily on his shoulders. And when you hear Chris speak about the part, you know, he speaks about the part and the show with a great analytical quality to what he's saying and, and a seriousness about it, even though there's a great deal of lightness in what Chris does in the studio. And we, you know, over the last three days of recording this, and I have literally just finished, we laughed a lot. (laughs) 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 He was very funny. He told a lot of jokes and sang a lot of songs. We had fun. Chris, how do you feel about doing one that's more sort of triumphant from the start? Yes. Triumphant from the start, coming up. <laughs> nice. Okay. I'm tired now. <laughs> I came into it off the back of a very, very long television shoot. I was very fortunate to work in such a year. It's been easy working with Chris. It's been fun. And he's so sharp about taking a note. You know, you give him a note and he's standing by. He knows what to do. He's he's off and it's... um really rewarding and can switch his performance round. So because Nova uses the word parents, yes. it's difficult for me to say that word. Yes. Um, I, I've got to echo it. Do, do, do you Unless you, yes, I do ex- know exactly what you mean. Yes. I wonder so, whether it's as simple as stressing the about. Okay, lovely. The only thought with my directing is that I tend to, as you can tell with this answer, tend to try and find about five ways of explaining the same thing. But I quickly began to realise that you only need to say it in one way to Chris and he's got it straight away, which is, you know, one of the reasons why he's such a successful actor. Pre-Who and post-Who, I've always tended to play very troubled characters and because it's the staple of drama, characters who don't have the answers. So it's it's nice to play somebody who has all the answers. And if he's not got the answer, he's pretty confident he's going to get it. It's a heroic role and I don't play those. I don't I I, I you know, it's not not something you get to do often. So a little bit like playing Morris actually in in a show called The A Word. They're optimistic people. They're always unquenchable and I think there's a great freedom in playing that front foot and joy and love positivity all those old-fashioned things it's ebbing away imploding fizzling out however you want to put it you know like we're all flipping doomed i don't know how else i can make it any clearer i think they have to be fallible to a certain degree and i think you know in the scripts that we've just recorded 
And traditionally in Doctor Who, he, his assistant, he relies on his assistant. He relies on his assistant for answers. So to contradict what, he doesn't have all the answers and he's not, he's not concerned about that. He feels, again, it's a shard of his optimism that he will pick a companion who will provide that for him. Hi, I'm Camilla Beepert and I play Nova. Hang on. I don't even know your name. Nova. Nova? Just Nova? What's wrong with that? Nothing. I just thought you might be Nova Smith or Brown or Zingachalarian or something. Well, I'm not. How about you? Just call me Doctor. Nova is a woman with a difficult past. She works as an indentured slave, as a chef, and she works really, really hard for very little. That has given her a very tough exterior. Uh, yeah, I can totally relate to her. I put up my, my front now and then when I, when I feel uh, insecure or nervous, but inside I'm just as vulnerable as she is. We're stuck. You seriously have no idea how many times I've found myself in precisely this situation. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Let's find out. Well, initially, um, doing the audition was a great intro into the script because um, it was so much fun to do. The audition was great fun. It's very energetic. It's um, full of action, which I really enjoy doing. And Nova is very, she's a very spunky, sparky character. She's got a lot of attitude. She's a lot of fun. He has an instinct about Nova that there is something missing from her life, a tragedy, I think, which he unearths. And I think there's a parallel there because the doctor has lost his planet and he's lost his people. And I do think that's the main thrust for him. He's forever on the run from a deep, deep sadness. And I think he has learned to convert that into joy and, and into positivity. And I think he senses a similarity in Nova and also he senses huge intelligence, instinctive intelligence, but most of all, he senses empathy. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Ninth Doctor into the search pane at the top or look for the Ninth Doctor range under the audiobooks tab. We'll be teasing you with the Third Doctor battling an alien incursion soon, but first... It's the Random Ones Electrotron where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Go, Benji. What have we got? Okay, that's that's here we go. I'm ready to type it in to find out when you say Doctor Who, the monsters of Gokroth. The monsters oh of Gokroth. Is that by Matthew? Jo oh, I've spelt Gokroth wrong. Matt Fitton, a Matt Fitton oh, story. My, oh, monsters. Sylvester McCoy and Jessica Martin Go as Mags. Go is that it? There. That's it. I remember listening to this one. There it the, is. At yes. the gym, of all places. Um, mm. My short-lived flirt with fitness. Um, and, yeah, it's a great story. Cracker, lovely to hear uh, Jessica Martin back as Mags, who was fab uh, in Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Uh, would have loved to have seen more of, of her. And now we get to hear more, at least. Yeah. Uh, great sound design and music by Andy Hardwick, one of our lovely uh, sound designer and musician people. <laughs> people uh and uh as you say jessica martin brilliant oh brilliant oh and andrew fettis an old mate of mine's in it as well it's directed by samuel clemens another old mate of mine we all met through theater so i'm not surprised to see andrew fettis turning up i thought for a moment that it had been directed by jamie anderson because jeremy hitchin was in it but uh, there you go because he's often in things that um jamie directs let's hear the trailer coming soon from big finish productions Doctor Who. This is the world of Gokroth. We live as prisoners of fear. We are asking that someone, anyone who hears this, might have mercy and come to set us free. Monsters of Gokroth. Max, now it's curfew. You have to get inside. I don't have to do anything. I know. This is no good. Everyone huddled in the village hall like animals. But people don't feel safe in their own beds. Let me go. 
This is for your own good. Who are you? Just a visitor, passing through. Another stranger. I suppose I must be. Stay back! I'll try and help you. And the others. The ones in the forest. Give them back what they've lost. Resher, on the gate. He says there was a stranger asking for you late last night. What? He came to answer the call. He came from the stars. You almost shot the son of your head woman. You'll be off a Christmas card list if you fire again. Uh, my name is Varon. Uh, you have a problem with monsters, and I am quite the expert. <laughs> Doctor. They're probably much more scared of us than we are of them. I don't think that's actually true. Doctor. Doctor. <laughs> finish. We love stories. I'm just not sure. It's part of me, after all. Then you need to decide if you can live with that. I particularly like uh, that little swirl of the TARDIS in the cover of this one. Really beautiful, isn't it? Lovely work there by Tom, the... Web Tom Webster. Lovely bit of title sequence stuff there. He has an amazing ability, Tom Webster, of making things look really like old things look really kind of cool and modern and futuristic because that's old you know that's just the uh, opening title sequence of, of Seventh Doctor stuff there and it just looks so cool and new and exciting oh, and, yeah. I love it and you were talking earlier about Kef McCulloch the funny thing is I was watching uh, you know the BBC uh, Doctor Who Twitter account was doing a celebration of um Delia Derbyshire you know the uh, arranger of the Doctor Who theme and uh they one of the links was to all the Doctor Who title sequences and going through, and I love them all actually. Um, but it's remarkable how uh, the Kef McCulloch one, which has got a reputation for being a bit naff, really stands up well. It is a cracking version of the theme, actually. It's, it's got so much energy and joy in it. I I love it. I think it dares to be a bit different, doesn't it? Yeah. Like they, I mean, I know they they all do, you know, but uh, I think it's just. It's, I've, I think it's a weird one because I find it really exciting but also mildly relaxing in sort of <laughs> strange way and I don't understand why. But I remember hearing it for the first time and being like, this is awesome. I just I remember more so than the Peter Howe version. I know, sacre bleu for a lot of people. But this one wowed me more, I have to say. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think it's so full-bodied, isn't it? I think that's the thing with Kef McCulloch. He really knew how to create a wall of sound, didn't he? Absolutely. so rich he just and and he has uh you know and he had no real emotional connection with doctor who he just did a sort of damn good musician's job didn't he you know he yeah he i, cer I yeah, he certainly did it. you know and he gave it his all and especially at the time is the time where uh you know music took a different direction because long gone were the kind of hard to get synthesizers of of the past huge units bbc radiophonic HQ, and this was the time where kind of more accessible keyboards came into play with things. This is so boring for most people. Things like the Roland D50 and the um, the Korg M1, um, which if you look at 90s telly, late 80s telly, everybody uses it because it it's affordable for people at the time. Uh. Like suddenly, like a composer can be like, I can sound like an orchestra in my studio, you know, wherever, rather than having to go into the office and have a huge unit and wrangle with it to sound good oh you don't want unit wrangling um uh, well unit wrangler i thought I, I appreciated everything you said then Thank you very much. i hope you'll appreciate this because as usual i must email jackie and sue uh, about uh, the monsters so, of i got it i got it all so under they control can put it live uh, in the meantime you can explain how to get the discounts it's all right. It's so easy. It's, you know, it works like clockwork. All you need to do is go to bigfinish.com. When you're on the website there, go to the podcast section of the website. There you will see the latest podcasts and click read more because you want to read more because the good stuff is, is inside this little article you see. Oh, Once yeah. you've read more, you'll say click here and enter the code buck up. That's right. B-U-C-K-U-P, buck up. No spaces in there, no capital letters. Uh, no punctuation, you know, anything like that. No, Don't bother with no all that. Shut that out the window. No complications. No complications. Buck up. 
enter that moon complications enter that in <laughs> and you'll get your 25% discount off simple as that I I, I would do it you, you're a fool to miss out grab uh, a cracking 7th Doctor story yeah. put your feet up have a good old chinwag listen cup of tea nice dance, dance around nice. I think who did the music on this one it's a very musical it was Andy Hardwick Andy Hardwick's going to be cracking then yeah, it's, it's going to be, be cracking. cracking so enjoy anyway thanks again of course Ran for being well just superb you're a thing of beauty uh, next week's podcast is entitled third doctor special where we go behind the scenes with our latest third doctor box sets talking <gasps> about the unzal incursion unzal incursion you name it tease for oh. you any minute now of course and the gulf featuring sadie miller daughter of elizabeth sladen playing sarah jane smith very exciting and if you want to hear her in action and you can't wait for the gulf then do check out uh return of the cybermen which is out now, grab that one as well. Yeah. Get yourself in the mood. Yeah. Good what can plug. I say? Nice. Uh, in the meantime, we shall bid you farewell for now. Farewell, farewell for, for now. now. And now from Big Finish, Tim Trelaw assumes the mantle of Doctor Who. Keep it together, Private Robbins. Yes, Sarge. Good lad. Listen up, squad. We need to neutralise the enemy command post. We advance down this street here. Taylor, Robbins, you're on point. Find what cover you can, but keep moving. I'll be right behind you. Gorman, Singh, I need a carpet of suppressing fire ahead of us. Bring up the rear as we advance. I'm relying on you to keep those forward positions occupied. Got that? Wait for the reload. On my signal. Keep moving! Robin, watch your flank! Got it! Take cover! What now, Mom? Last push! Enemy command is the building directly ahead. Hand me that grenade! Mom! Give me covering fire. I'm going straight down their throat. You sure? Gets the job done. Ready? Ready. Now! Nearly there! One, two, three! Down! Nice one, Mom. You did. Mom, behind you! Directive, drop your weapon. Resetting all Fulcrum drones and simulation systems to nominal. Thank you, Harper. Stand down, Sergeant Hatter, and await debrief. Yes, ma'am. Well, Brigadier, what did you think of our demonstration? Very impressive, Miss Dankworth. Call me Director, Brigadier. Of course. Director. You don't sound entirely convinced about our methods. I'm an old soldier. It's very difficult to teach me new tricks. We all benefit from new perspectives. I quite agree, however... The Fulcrum is a state-of-the-art facility. We provide broad-spectrum analysis of tactical efficiency, psychological profiling, and 360-degree appraisal of military effectiveness. Our drone soldiers provide a more than effective force against which to test the efficiency of your troops. Um, you don't need to give me the sales pitch. Harper? From here, we monitor your troops' vital signs, stress response to combat scenarios, and rate their tactical progression individually and as a unit. Our systems modify feedback in daily debriefs throughout their extended time here. The MOD has been very encouraged by the Fulcrum's results over the last two years. I'm sure they have. As you are aware, UNIT operates under the purview of the United Nations and is therefore... Nevertheless, as most of your troops are seconded from the regular army, they are required to undergo the Fulcrum program. 
I'm sure that was explained by the Home Secretary. With startling clarity. Good. Now, shall we go and debrief your new sergeant? She's very impressive. Sergeant Atta! Her secondment hasn't been approved yet. It's pending approval on completion of her training here. I imagine that's just a formality. Stand by. Director Dankworth and Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart are entering the training ground. Present arms! At ease. Sir. Good work, Sergeant. Got myself and my squad killed, sir. Better here than in real combat, wouldn't you say? I suppose so, sir. That is the point of what we're doing here. A chance to learn and develop. What is it they say? You only learn to drive once you've passed your test? Oh, really? That's a very one-dimensional perspective. Born from years of field experience. These simulation drones of yours hardly compare to a living, breathing enemy. Drone, activate. Orders received. Status active. Care to put that to the test? You against the machine? I think you'd find the results enlightening. Much as I'd love to stay and play, I have to be back at Unit HQ. Very well. Drone at ease. Orders implemented. Standing down. Damned uncanny contraptions. Sergeant Atta. Sir. Enjoy the rest of your training. If you can. I'll do my best. I'll see you back at Unit HQ with your squad in a fortnight. I'm looking forward to getting started. I think you'll fit in very well. Hope so, sir. Squad! I'll walk you to your car. Uh, there's no need. I insist. I hoped you'd bring that scientific advisor of yours with you. Ah, the doctor. I'm afraid he's otherwise occupied. In very important work. One lump or two, Liz? Sorry? Your tea. One lump of sugar or two? Really, Doctor? That shows how often you've made me a cuppa. No lumps. Really? That can't be right. Pass it over. To what do I owe the honour of your being mother? Do I need a reason to make you a good old-fashioned brew? Doctor? I was curious as to how your little project was coming along. Well, the Hotspur Network is hardly a little project. If we're successful, UNIT will be able to mesh the world's radar stations together into a single advanced early warning system. Well, I suppose that's useful. After what we've experienced recently, it's essential to have the soonest possible warning of alien activity. Yes. It'll give the Brigadier more time to blow things up. <laughs> what are you doing up here? Getting lonely down in the lab? Oh, all right. If you must know, with you leading this Hotspur project, I was feeling somewhat neglected. Oh, poor thing. I wondered if I could, uh, lend a hand. If I hadn't heard it with my own ears... I can go back to the lab, you know. No, I would love some help. We've only got a couple of weeks and a lot to do before the final uplink. We were about to test the satellite response efficiency, so if you... Uh, this station here? Perfect. I am yours to command, Dr Shaw. All personnel stand by for satellite response efficiency test. Doctor, activate receptor coils. Activating receptor coils... Response efficiency test in three, two, one, mark. Oh, come on, Gorman. I want that hand fair and square. Fulcrum oh. general order alert. All barrack areas, lights out in five minutes. All right, you lot, settle down. Lights out in five. Skip, is it true what the old man said? You're going to be our new sergeant at UNIT. That's the plan, Robbins. Problem? No, Skip. Good. By the way, the old man is Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart. I'm Sergeant Atta. Sarge at a pinch. Never skip. Yes, Skip. Er, uh, Sarge. Get your heads down. Unless you need me to tuck you in, Robbins. <laughs> no, Sarge. Night, Sarge. Status? All subjects are in their appointed barrack areas. Including Atta? Confirmed. Good. Activate neutralizing agent. Deploying agent now. 
Optimum concentration. Assessment. All subjects have entered accelerated REM sleep. Proceed to the next phase. Yes, Director. Conditioning mesh established. Increase to level three. Are you sure? We've had no instructions. Level three. After this long, I know what I'm doing. Of course. Level three. It's them. You'd better respond. Continue. Maintain conditioning web at level three. Our conditioning procedure continues apace. The fulcrum program is proceeding at higher than optimum capacity. The incursion must engage on schedule. It will. The conditioning techniques you have provided will not fail. What of the Doctor and Unit? They are the primary threat to success. They must be neutralized before the incursion begins. Oh, I assure you. The Doctor and Unit will be in no position to stand in our way. Thank you, most kind. Ah, Liz, there you are. You look like you'd rather face down a horde of Silurians than make small talk with this lot. Small talk with a bunch of stuffed shirts over the volleyballs. Thought I'd never get away from old Tubby Rowlands. Lord Rowlands? He does look very red. Too many rich dinners down the club. <laughs> Why are you hiding over here? You're the woman of the hour. Shouldn't you be quaffing champagne, basking in the glory of the Hotspur Network? Not my style. I'm going over my speech. You should be very proud of your achievement, Liz. It'll be a marvellous success. Two weeks ago, I thought we weren't going to be ready. But here we are, all set for link-up. Just in time to start helping me with the TARDIS again. Yes, Doctor. Excellent! I have a new temporospatial subroutine to fit into the dematerialization circuits that I think Ah, might... Doctor! Miss Shaw! Brigadier! How's the funding charm offensive going? Doctor, behave. Allow me to introduce Sergeant Nicola Atta, transferring in from the regulars after an extended training period. Hello. Sergeant Atta, delighted to meet you. You're stepping into the shoes of the erstwhile Corporal Benton. Welcome to the madhouse. <laughs> Don't listen to the doctor. It's all pretty mundane here at UNIT. Mostly. Hello, I'm Dr Liz Shaw. I'm looking forward to serving with you. The Doctor and Miss Shaw are our scientific advisors. I'll leave you in their capable hands for now. Stand by, Miss Shaw. I'm about to introduce you. Oh, God, grief. They're letting the Brigadier speak. Is he always like this, Dr. Shaw? Liz, please. And you have no idea. Sergeant, I think you're going to fit right in. Ladies and gentlemen, if I could have your attention. Ladies and gentlemen, honoured guests, it is my great pleasure to welcome you to Unit HQ for the official launch ceremony of the Hotspur Early Warning Network. I'd like to thank the Home Secretary for attending today, along with Sir John Sudbury, 
and Lord Rowlands. While the Hotspur network has been categorised by ill-informed commentators as a sign of the worrying times we find ourselves in, I see it as visionary. The need to watch the skies has never been more prescient. And the vision that brought Hotspur into being came from one brilliant mind. Please, may I introduce Dr. Elizabeth Shaw. Thank you, Brigadier. When I first joined UNIT, I was sceptical of the Brigadier's outlandish claims about visitations from other worlds. He said UNIT dealt with the odd, the unexplained, anything on Earth or even beyond. I soon had first-hand experience of the odd and unexplained, what UNIT deals with as a matter of routine to let the world sleep safely at night. When I was co-opted by the Brigadier, I asked what I could do to help give UNIT an edge in the fight against threats from beyond our solar system. That edge, ladies and gentlemen, is Hotspur. UNIT will be at the heart of an international network of early warning radar systems, channeling, sharing and analysing data to detect approaches from space and determine the correct response. The precious minutes we will gain as a result can be the difference between life and death. Ladies and gentlemen, I am proud and humbled to share with you the moment of full system activation. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.